Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Holman Park Baptist Church. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for our worship thus far, Lord. You have been so good to us, Lord, as we have praised your name. So may we continue to do so as we read your word, Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, If you brought your Bibles today, turn to Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 41. Verses 41 through 43 will be the focal parable that uh, we read today. And it says, Then Jesus told them this story. A man loaned money to two people, 50 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. Now, when we read this, we cannot believe it. We cannot believe that that this parable is true, that someone would be forgiven of their debts. But we've seen it. We've seen it in the real world. We've seen people that have, have been you know, they have been financed to the hilt, and yet somebody came in and helped them with their mortgage or maybe helped them with a car or, or gave them some type of compensation to help with a, a student loan. We all wish we could have that happen in our life, right? But the truth is, is that the emphasis here is not on the money. The emphasis is on the debt. The emphasis is on the debt. You see, forgiveness was offered to both of these Individuals, one who owed 50 and one who owed 500. But what was the point was Jesus trying to make? Are some people easier to, to forgive than others? Some of you might say, well, yes, they are. Because maybe you've had to deal with someone and are still dealing with someone or a situation where it is difficult to give forgiveness. Maybe for some of you, it's difficult to receive forgiveness. But why should Jesus compare and contrast two different types of people with two different amounts of debt? Well, let's dive in to see. When you see a parable like this, we have to get more of the story. We have to put it into context. And so as we go back and we start at verse 36, we get our first understanding for this morning. Number one is that forgiveness is hard to come by when you think you are better than someone else. Forgiveness is hard to come by when you think you are better than someone else. There are some people that think that they are the best at whatever they do. And if you don't believe me, you could just ask them. They'll tell you. That is someone that is filled with pride. That is someone that is filled with themselves. But I'm telling you what, it's often hard to forgive somebody, even receive forgiveness, when you think too much of yourself. You think you're better than somebody else. And so we see in verse 36, again, we see that uh, the Pharisees invited Jesus for dinner, not because they wanted to enjoy his company, but it was for one reason and one reason only, and that was for selfish gain. You see, a person was seen back in those days, if they brought somebody to their house, they were seen as a virtuous person, an important person. Oh, you have a dinner party. Well, then you must be a celebrity. You must be somebody that we need to look up to. And also the Pharisee invited Jesus to a meal, not to encourage him, but to trap him. 
Not to encourage him, but to trap him. My friend, if you have any relationships to where you have a relationship with that person only to trap them and not to encourage them, get out of that relationship or change that relationship. Because true love does not manipulate. True love encourages. True love will make the relationship better by what they give to it, not what they get from it. But you see, when you and I, we hold on to our selfish desires and uh, we don't seek forgiveness, it blinds us to the blessing of having Jesus' presence in our lives. And I know some of you right now, you're thinking, oh, brother, this message is on forgiveness. I think I'm going to get out and duck out because I don't want to deal with this today. And that's fine. You don't have to. But you're going to listen to what God's word has to say because I'm telling you what. In any church that we have, in any group of people, we are going to see someone who has got a problem with either receiving forgiveness or giving forgiveness to someone else. You see, the man had the Messiah himself, Jesus, eating at his table. Folks, quit holding on to your grudges and your hurts that need forgiveness because you think it makes you stronger. There are some people that actually think that the hatred or the debt or whatever they feel makes them a better person and it makes them stronger. No, my friend, it is lying to you. It will take you down every single time. Just as cancer will kill your body, grudges will kill your soul. And Jesus knows that. That's why he's talking about forgiveness here. You see, we teach our children to tell us when it hurts, right? They come to you, they're crying, they're holding their finger, they're holding their knee, or something's going on. You want to say, tell me where it hurts, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to find out where they're hurting. But why is it when it comes to our lives, now that we are adults, and we are older, or we are teenagers, and we understand the world better, that when we hold on to our hurts, we don't want to give it to God. We want to hold on to it. I don't understand that. Why do we go to a doctor and we're hurting? And the doctor says, what's going on? And you say, oh, fine. Okay, we'll see you in six months. And then you go out to the doctor's office, still hurting. Man, that doctor didn't do nothing for me. I don't understand that. But we see that thankfulness will move you to give Jesus your all. Let's look at verses 37 through 40. But before we do that, let me paint you a quick picture. Number one, Jesus was in this large room where a table would have been. Now, this didn't look like the Cracker Barrel. This didn't look like your home dinner table. What they did is they had a table that was probably about ankle high, maybe a little higher, and there would be pillows all around it. And so the men, they would come and they would dine at this table, and they would just kind of do this with their arm on a pillow and just eat kind of like that, and their feet would be dangling out. And that was the cool way to do it. You know, some of us, we eat in our recliner. Some of us, we eat on our sofa. Some of us, we eat, if we're real fancy, we'll eat at our dinner table or we'll eat in our car seat. Wherever we're at, we're going to eat, right? But here, this banquet was a special deal. And so, again, if you were invited to this, you were somebody special. And it was customary for outsiders to be able to look in on what's going. No, they didn't close the shades. They wanted everybody to see their little party so that somebody would say, well, they're having a party. They must be important. And so people would just walk around and they could look at them in that party. So this was a public, public spectacle. Everything was open. 
And they could even, if they wanted to, they could enter the banquet hall and speak to some of the guests. This shows how the woman had access to Jesus, even though she was not invited to that party. And then, as the scripture will say, an immoral woman enters as an uninvited guest. The plot thickens. At some point, she must have heard that Jesus was preaching and maybe even heard him preach or heard somebody talk about what he could do. She wanted to get with Jesus because she heard about the amazing things that he did. She had to meet him. Yes, this was a woman, folks. This was a woman that everybody talked about. This was a woman that if there was a punchline, she was at the end of the punchline. This is the, the woman that every, everybody compared her to trash. She had a bad reputation. She was the brunt of many people's jokes. And she was judged by everyone. She was a woman taken advantage of by people who were preying on her weakened morals and her poor choices. What in the world could this immoral woman offer? Well, we see, starting at verse 37, when a certain immoral woman from that city heard that he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. You see the significance of this alabaster jar and perfume. This alabaster jar was like a a long neck piece of pottery. It was probably decorated real pretty. And it had the very expensive perfume in it. And the thing is, is that this is not something she just took with her everywhere she went. This was something that she has been saving. And the reason they put this perfume in the jar is because she didn't want even a single drop of it to evaporate. It was extremely fragile. So this type of jar was used to keep the contents from evaporating. And what would you use a big bottle of perfume for back in those days? Well, a couple of things. Maybe it was her dowry. When, when, she was, when she got married, maybe that was the money that went with her to her husband and family to start their, their life. Or maybe it was an inheritance from a father. Or maybe, just maybe, back in those days, people would get their big bottle of expensive perfume to save for themselves so when they die, somebody could prepare their body for burial in the funeral. Needless to say, with a woman of this caliber, this was very expensive. And this was the most precious thing she could give to Jesus. And she had it with her. Either way, it was the most precious possession she owned. And she thought enough of Jesus to bring it to him. One reason Jesus is not real enough to you is because you haven't brought him anything that is important to you. What are you withholding from him? It says in verse 38, Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping, her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. She then kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Folks, listen, what made this woman so bold is to barge in to that meeting and to barge in and to weep and to wash Jesus' feet with the perfume she had been saving for, for a special occasion with the hair on her head 
wiping his feet. What could cause a woman to do this? I'll tell you what it was. Her boldness came from her need for forgiveness. The reason many people are not bowing before Jesus and crying before Jesus and weeping before Jesus is because you do not want to admit that you need forgiveness. That's where it starts. If you look at the harmony of the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see that just before this event happens, let me show you something. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is what just happened before this occurs. Jesus said to them, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. She was just taking Jesus up on the command that he gave him. That he gave her. And to everybody. She was taking Jesus at his word. And some of you in here today are carrying a burden more than you can bear. And Jesus is saying, quit carrying it and give it to me. But you've got to admit that you've messed it up. You've got to admit that you need help. And you've got to admit that you need my forgiveness. A woman in her day had very few rights. The Jewish rabbis did not even speak to women in public during those days, let alone sit down and have a meal in public with them. She would not have been welcomed to come into that feast. I'm sure everybody looked at her and said, what in the world is this woman doing in here? Some Security! Let's come get her. Most adult Jewish women in Judea and Galilee were married and Jewish Custom considered it shameful for a married woman to have her hair uncovered, as it must have been during this time. Well, the next thing we see is that when Jesus is all that you have, you will realize he is all that you ever need. When you get to the point in your life, I've been there, my friend, and I'm sure many of you have been there too, that when you get to a point to where Jesus is all you have, you will realize that he is all you need. Let's get back to the scripture. It says in verse 39, When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, mark that down, he said to himself, this means he didn't say it out loud. You ever said something to yourself? Oh, I have. We were watching a football game last night, and I'm telling you what, I'm taking up a collection after the church to buy those referees some glasses. How many times did y'all put it in the end zone before y'all had to actually get a get a touchdown? Three or four times? Four times? Four times. The fourth time was a charm. But I'm telling you, flag, flag, flag. I was like, man, this is crazy. And the guy beside me said, he he. I'd been introduced as a preacher, and he said. I know you're a preacher, but you know what I'm thinking? I said, I'm thinking it too, brother. I didn't say it, but I'm thinking it. And the scary thing is, is that Jesus knew it. It says here, it says, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, 
If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Man, that that religious, pious guy was quick to put the badge of a sinner on somebody else. Do you do not be that person that looks at somebody like they are less than you are and say, that person, I might be bad, but that person is way worse than me. That'd be like saying, that person's drowning in five feet of water. I'm only drowning in three feet of water. Did you know people have drowned in two inches of water in their bathtub? If you're drowning, you're drowning. If you're a sinner, you're a sinner. But he couldn't see it. But did you pick up on this? Jesus answered his thoughts, not his words, but his thoughts. Folks, Jesus knows your thoughts, and he is speaking to them today. The next thing we see is forgiveness and thankfulness are both empowered by our faith. It says, let's read verses 41 through 50. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. So he turned to the woman and looked to the Mr. Holier than thou. Turned to the woman, looked to the Mr. Holier than thou, and said this. He said, look at this woman kneeling here. The one you call immoral. The one you called a sinner. The one that is the brunt of your jokes. The one that maybe even some of you men have thought about and even been with. This woman right here that you call immoral says, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. All of these things that Jesus says they didn't do was customary for a guest to do. Wash their feet because they wore sandals. They didn't have cars. And they walked on dirt roads. So sweat and dirt roads equal caked on mud. People's feet were nasty. And if you don't like feet, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it was. So they, had, she, they did none of that. They just wanted him there for the show. And it says, I love this, verse 47, I tell you, her sins, and oh boy, they are many. Her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. Have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who forgives little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, Woo! Your sins are forgiven. She walked in that banquet as an immoral woman. And she walked out of that as a clean, renewed, reborn child of God. Amen. And you, my friend, if you have been that woman, I have been that woman to where I've had more sins than I can count. And Jesus said, you are forgiven. I'm thankful for that. Are you thankful for that? Some of you say, well, brother, I've been a Christian all my life as long as I can remember. I mean, when I was in, when I was in diapers, I was in church. That's okay. 
Maybe you don't have a great testimony of what God has delivered you from. But I guarantee you this, you have a testimony of what God has kept you from doing. But I know all of us, that we're the Sunday morning crowd. We got it all together. We look good. We, we spent time putting all of our stuff together. But still, on the inside, we could be short. Notice, it says in verse 49, the men and the table among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sin? So all of a sudden, Jesus has forgiven this woman. And all this religious Pharisee thinks about is, who are you to forgive sin? Never even thinking for a second that he had some sin of his own to put up with. He totally missed the point of Jesus' parable. You see, the religious person had no desire to learn from Jesus and adjust their lives to his teaching. They just wanted to trap him. And my friend, if that is you today, if the only reason you are here is to keep your husband or your wife quiet or to make yourself feel good about yourself for today and you hear the gospel over and over again, my friend, do not be this guy that thinks he doesn't need it. Do not be this woman that doesn't need it. If you are in the middle of sin today, don't cut it out because you think you don't want to deal with it today. Jesus is here and He wants you to deal with your sin and He wants to give you forgiveness. It says in verse 50, And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's go back to verse 47 for a minute. A person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. My friend, if you're having a problem forgiving somebody, you've obviously forgotten how much God has forgiven you of. Or maybe you need that forgiveness today. We experience forgiveness when we are thankful for the forgiveness that Jesus has given us. That's a connection between forgiveness and thankfulness. The more thankful you are, the more willing you are to forgive and ask for forgiveness. Notice that this parable didn't even deal with the amount of sin. The amount of sin she had. It just said she had a multitude of sins. Jesus wasn't worried about the amount of sin. Some of you are saying, Preacher, you just don't understand what I've done. There is no way Jesus could forgive me of that. He will. There is only one thing that he will not forgive. is somebody saying, No, I do not want your forgiveness, Jesus. But everything else is fair game and covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is not talking about the amount of sin, but that you and I be aware of our sin. You see, if you and I refuse to see the overwhelming size and weight of our sin, Jesus' sacrifice will seem insignificant for you. When you and I understand the true condition of our sinful hearts and the penalty of our sin, Our love for Jesus and for others will become greater. So at the end of the day, are you the religious person or are you the immoral person? Maybe you're a little bit of both. The Pharisee and the men at the table left that day with full bellies and they were justified in their own minds that they were better than everybody else. But the truth of the matter is if they were to die at that moment, they would go straight to hell. 
They live justified in themselves. But only the immoral woman, the immoral woman was the only one who left that day because she was, she went from being called the immoral woman to the forgiven woman. And she was not saved because she used her tears to wipe his feet. She was saved by her faith. Notice it says in verse 50, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You say, preacher, I can't forgive anybody. Faith says you can. Some of you say, preacher, I can't talk to Jesus about what I'm going through. Faith says you can. She was thankful for the depths from which Jesus forgave her. And folks, I'll be honest with you, I feel the same way sometimes. The immoral woman's sins were forgiven, but she repented from them. So do you stand in need of forgiveness today, or do you need to give it? Be thankful for what Jesus has saved you from, and let that love overflow from him to others. You cannot forgive that person in your own strength, but through Jesus you can. You cannot receive that forgiveness that you need, but because of Jesus, you can. You see, the power of forgiveness is found in receiving it and then giving it. If you've never known what forgiveness feels like, you ought to try it. Because it is a weight that has been lifted. Oh, and by the way, as I close tonight, this morning... Of all the people that were in that room that day, check this out. Here's our aha moment. Of all the people in that room that day, the only one to leave and smell like Jesus was that woman. The only one that smelled like Jesus was the woman that came to his feet. What does your life smell like? Does it smell like the stench of your selfishness and your desires and your unforgiving spirit? Or does it smell like the forgiveness of Jesus? What aroma does your life carry? The stench of judgment over others or the sweet smell of forgiveness? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your passage this morning, Lord. And teaching us it's not about the money of the 500 or the 50, but it's about the debt that we pay, Lord, and the debt that we owe, Lord. When we have sinned in our lives, it's unconfessed and unrepented. We are in debt. And, Lord, it is your blood that has paid for that. So, Lord, if there is one person in here today that needs forgiveness of their sins, Lord, I pray that you move in their lives. If there is one person here today that needs to forgive someone else, that you would give them the faith to do that and make the decision today to do that. Maybe there's just somebody that wants to strengthen their faith. They can identify with somebody in this parable. Or maybe they just need prayer. The altars will be open. They can come forward. If there's one person here today that wants to know you as their Savior and Lord and have their sin debt paid, they can come forward. I'll pray with them, Lord. Whatever your decision may be, Lord, may they respond. For it's in your name I pray.